Good morning everyone and welcome to the Enterprise Canterbury Sport Corner. Enterprise is the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Jordan Oppett here filling in for Frankie Mackay again. Many of you will know me as a TVNZ One News sports reporter based here in the beautiful Christchurch. Exciting show ahead, plenty to unpack. We'll go to pre-season with the tactics. But the big one this week is rugby. She's been another big old week in the world of rugby when it comes to the professional coaches' merry-go-round. Gatlin back to Wales, Jones sacked from England, Rennie in hot water and who knows what will happen to Razor. Ian Foster probably stoked his name, hasn't really had much of attention lately. <laughs> and at the same time, our women are touring New Zealand for their Thank You Aotearoa tour. We're lucky to be joined by recently retired Blackfern Kendra Coxedge for the Canterbury Rugby Update brought to you by Kevla Holmes this morning. Well Kendra, so much for being retired. You've been here, there and everywhere. How the bloody hell are you? Yeah, good. It's yeah, it's been pretty hectic. Um, yeah, as you said, here, there, and everywhere. But um, enjoying it. Uh, just riding the wave where I can and getting out and about in the community. We'll get to that in a moment. But obviously, big haul for the Black Ferns at the New Zealand Rugby Awards. I want to touch firstly on the FPC team because Canterbury they're getting the National Women's Team of the Year. What does that mean? And I guess, in your opinion, what makes that team so special? I was so excited um, last night when that got called out um, because it's, you know, it's the team that's deserving. Um, the hard work that the whole group puts in from management down to players and um, it's, it's totally deserving, you know, for the team. Um, we're an absolutely cool side. Um, I absolutely love that team. That's a team I'm going to miss a lot, um, you know, when retiring. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty special group, hard-working group and um, an, awesome, an awesome culture. Tony Christie said you'll still hang around like a bad smell when I spoke to him last week. Will you? Will you still be down there? <laughs> Trust him to say that. Um, I'll still be. I'll be. I'll be still floating around where I can. Um, but well, yeah, I also want to leave them to their own devices. But um, if they want me to go around and help out and work with the girls, I'll also be happy to do that. The other one, obviously, Blair Baxter, National Women's Coach of the Year. I mean, what a guy. Yeah, it's pretty awesome for Blair um, to take that out, that award out too. You know, he's he's a great coach. Um, he's great with the girls. He's he's massive on our culture within the environment, and um, yeah, he's he's a pretty special human. So pretty, yeah, he'll be pretty happy to take out that and, and team of the year. I've been down at Rugby Park this week with the Matatu girls out training. Are you missing it? Uh not yet. To be honest, um, I think I'm not sure if it's really kicked in around retirement yet. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, once the girls get back into it next year and they start going to, you know, Blackburn's camps or, you know, Canterbury's starting to pre-season and then obviously Mutter too, like once they start all training together and I'm not there, I think that's probably when it will, it will kick in. Um, but currently I'm just, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm enjoying kind of just eating what I want, training when I want. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's something that I haven't been able to do for a really long time, so I'm just trying to enjoy that at the moment. Because you haven't had many weeks or probably days at home since winning the World Cup. What has the last few weeks looked like for you? Yeah, it's it's been crazy. It's actually it's been really hectic, but good hectic, and you know, absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, 
Yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time in Christchurch um, uh, since the since the World Cup final. Really, just um, yeah, uh, some guest speaking gigs. Uh, obviously, we've got this trophy tour now, so we're trying to get Nancy out and about. And um, so that, that's what's going on at the moment too, which is really cool. So it's just about um, you know getting out of the community and just I guess riding the wave and and keeping that momentum um, of of the World Cup and, and women's rugby um, at the forefront leading into next year. Also, how did the trophy get the name Nancy? Um, that was after the 2017 World Cup. Um, our, our theme was based around Nancy Wake, um, who was like a Kiwi spy back in the wars. Um, it's a really cool story, actually. She was a heroine. You know, she was pretty awesome. We, um, you know, we enjoyed, we enjoyed having her as a theme and we were just walking through the... I think it was the airport in Ireland um, and we were just walking there through the airport and we were like, oh, we should give her a name. Um, and then, yeah, our media manager at the time was like, should we call her Nancy? And I was like, great idea, let's call her Nancy. And then it just stuck. <laughs> um, so it was pretty cool. Uh, Nancy loves New Zealand. Uh, she never wants to leave. So good. People out in the community are, like, community are like, we can't wait to see Nancy. And I'm like, gee whiz. I mean, what's it been like <laughs> being out and about in the community? Like, has it been quite overwhelming? Because everywhere you guys have gone, no matter if it's just one player going back to their hometown or whatever it is, people are packing places out. Yeah, they are. And I think, like, you know, a lot of people have been coming up to me and been like, you're sick of the shit, like, you're seeing photos. But, like, I know the girls are absolutely loving it. Um, it's something that's never happened to us before. All the girls are getting noticed, you know, like going to the supermarkets, going to the mall or you know, just going for a walk down the street and, you know, or not even in your hometown, like anywhere and, and people are coming up asking for photos and, and saying congratulations and it's actually, it's really cool to, to have that and I think it's really special and the girls are enjoying that, um, you know, for the time being because we're still, still on a high, still running cloud nine and I think for so long um, that recognition piece hasn't been there and now it is, um, I think everyone's feeling pretty special um, about being noticed. The big moment for me was when the players were on stage with 660 at Eden Park. Now the Christchurch players get to do it here in Christchurch. I mean, how epic is that? Literally having a band like 660 pick you guys up and have you on the stage with them for their big 660 Saturdays tour. Yeah, how cool was that? I know the girls really enjoyed it and um, apparently the crowd just went absolutely wild in Auckland uh, when the girls went out on on stage with with Nancy and in their medals and you know and dance and, and you know that's pretty cool and you know now we get to do it in Christchurch um, so that's going to be pretty cool on Saturday night um, I'm pretty sure we'll enjoy that and you know 660 as you said a, a great a great a great band and they're Kiwis and they absolutely love rugby uh, I think you know one of them's actually a rugby coach back at his club so you know they love it as well so it's pretty cool that we can just jump on there it's just it's basically a Kiwi thing really isn't it come along jump on stage let's go kind of just make it happen so so good. And then obviously the thank you tour on Monday as well here in Christchurch. So many of you are from here. Well, I know you're not from here, but you play here. I won't make that mistake twice, Kenj. Um, but you guys all must be amped to be able to, to do that because we didn't have any games here. So it must be so exciting for you guys to get out in front of fans here at home. Yeah, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Um, it'll be a big day. I think we're doing a, a few school visits during the day um, and then and then obviously we've got our event at Victoria Square in, in the evening and um, I was talking to the girls, you know, like the, 
they're keen, they're so excited um, to get out in amongst the community and, you know, it's the only one in the South Island at the moment. I know that that will change next year. There'll be a few more visits, uh, maybe around registration next year, which will be really exciting. Um, but, yeah, it's an opportunity for us to, to share that um, with, the, with the locals in, in Christchurch and we hope that everyone can get it, get, it, get down um, and, and enjoy that and enjoy Nancy and enjoy meeting the black fans. Kendra, you've been around a long time now, you won't mind me saying that. Um, what do you think is going to be the key to ensuring that we don't lose this momentum that we've just had this year? Yeah, that's and it, you know that's a good question, and I think it's it's there's so much that's linked to that, and it's not just in that at that Black Ferns level. It's probably down at the community game as well. Is you know we need everyone to to own the women's game within provincial unions, be excited about it, and it, and then it goes to the top of you know having I guess tests in, in New Zealand next year, and obviously New Zealand rugby are putting in a bid around that World 15 stuff. So I think you know the more that that the more that that happens and the more games and we need people to get around Opiki. Um, you know, we can't just have it as a World Cup. We need people to continue to support the women's game. There's, and that's from media, commercially, there's still a lot of movement that needs to happen in that space. And I'm thinking that's already starting to happen post-World Cup. Um, there's been a flick of the switch. And I'm, like, I'm so excited um, to see where, you know, the next five to ten years where the game's going to go. Mm. And that leads, my, leads me to my last question. What next for you? What happens when the tour is over and you can finally go through your shoe collection and throw out 600 pairs? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, for me, I I've, I filter back into my job at New Zealand Rugby, which is, you know, for us, I guess, for years, we've had to work and, and train. Um, so most people have, have that life um, outside of, or a career outside of rugby. So um, I'm lucky enough to go back to my job at New Zealand Rugby and it's the women's participation manager for the South Island. So um, I get to work with all these young girls and young boys now that want to um, start playing rugby and, you know, and see that growth within the provincial unions. And I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm still going to be involved in the game. Um, in terms of outside of it, I, well, not outside of it, but outside of work, like I'm still keen to maybe coach um, in the future, but I'm probably going to take a year away from that just to, um, you know, fresh the mind and, and probably just kind of get around and, and watch some trainings and um, and then maybe 2024 get into get into some coaching and see if I'm going to be any good at that. <laughs> I'm sure you will be. You're called the little general for a reason. You're an absolute legend. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. I know you've got a hectic schedule. That's the Canterbury Rugby Update brought to you by Kevla Holmes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby. Thanks again, Kenj. No problem. It's time for Frankie's Five. Yes, Frankie's fill-in five, and I've gone a bit rogue this week. So I'm coming to you with my five up-and-coming athletes from your less mainstream sports. And let's be clear, these are Canterbury athletes. So remember these five names. We'll start with Ruby Hewitt. She hails from the West Coast, but goes through her schooling here in Christchurch, so we'll claim her. Ruby is a talented mountain biker and skier. She's won the under-20 downhill and under-20 enduro at the most recent New Zealand Secondary Schools Mountain Biking Championships, perhaps contributing to her fearlessness on the slopes, because in January, she's off for Europe off to Europe rather for five weeks to compete at the World Skiing Free Ride Comps. She's an absolute ripper, and she's doing great things on both of those scenes. Uh, then there's Hamaweta Tainui. Now, he's a teenage boxer from Wollstone here in Christchurch. Earlier this year, he got formal selection to attend the Youth Worlds in Spain, then the Serbian Golden Gloves, and then also ended up 
fighting in Bosnia on the way home, just casually. He did lose both bouts, the first one by unanimous decision and the second a 2-1 split to a current Youth World Championship bronze medalist. He was also in the mix for the Commonwealth Games uh, Training Academy prior to that team being picked. Uh, he's a future David Nika in the making. Uh, then we've got Cooper Moore. This kid's been playing golf since he was four. He won his first title when he was 10. Now 14, he is really going places. He's won a couple of senior club championships already against people twice, thrice, sometimes... Is thrice even a... Yeah, no, thrice is a thing. Thrice, sometimes four times his age. He was one of a dozen invited to golf New Zealand's national junior training camp for under-19 players a couple of months back. He's an actual gun if you see him out in the course. Uh, now we've also... That leads me to Gabby Smith. She's a 15-year-old para swimmer who's already competing on the world stage. She won bronze at the Para World Swimming Series in the USA, which booked her a spot at the Para World Champs in Portugal a couple of months back. She has half a palm and no fingers on her left hand. The scientific word is symbrachydactyly. She'll be so proud of me for that one. Not that it's ever got in her way. Her big ambitions to go to Paris in 2024. Fifth name is Riley Pascoe. This young NRL gun from the West Coast has been picked up for the St. George, St. George rather, Illawarra Dragons Academy. The coast, is, the coast is steeped in history when it comes to rugby league. The other recent player to crack it is Griffin Neem, who joined the Cowboys Academy a couple of years ago and this year featured in the NRL semi-final. So, remember these five names. Ruby Hewitt, Hamawira Tainui, Cooper Moore, Gabby Smith and Riley Pascoe. S-E-N-Z. Now to what's going on in Canterbury. It's Saturday, December 10. Not long till old mate comes down the chimney. Here's a quick wrap of what's going on in Canterbury today. 660 is our headliner this weekend with their tour. 660 Saturdays on at Orange Theory tonight. Local Blackferns are also set to make a cameo, just like they did at Eden Park. They'll no doubt have Nancy in tow. That's their trophy. And I understand there might be a few tickets left, so get amongst it. Uh, get your geek on. The Armageddon Expo is returning to Christchurch at a new venue of Tapai, which is our convention centre here in the CBD. Brand spanking new. That's all on all weekend long. Two days of gaming, anime, collectibles, comics and amusement. Saddle up because Equifest is on at the AMP showgrounds if that's what you're into. If you've got any last minute shopping to do for you or your horse. Cannot relate, but we do have a lot of horses in Christchurch. Uh, the new Brighton Seaside Christmas Parade is on from 10am. The Rangiora Christmas Parade is tomorrow from 2. We've got a couple of outdoor movies showing at the Art Centre tonight. Always happens around Christmas time. We've got Dr Seuss the Grinch and Love Actually, my personal all-time fave Christmas movie, um, from 7.30 and the, uh, 5.30 for the first one, 7.30 for the second the Manu competition we joked about last week is actually back. It must be moving around pools in Christchurch. Uh, so this weekend, it's at Jelly Park. Now, my life hack for keeping up to date with what's on at this hectic time of the year is going to the City Council website, click on news, click on what's on, and eat your heart out because there's no shortage of things to do.
Canterbury Enterprise Sports Corner. We're really lucky this morning to be joined by Kimmy Ordepoi, who's the Tactics mid-quarter. Now, Kimmy joins us for the local sports update thanks to Trident Homes, the proud supporters of the Trident Home Tactics. Check out our modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. Uh, good morning, Kimmy. How are you going? Yeah, morning. Um, good, thank you. Um, it's been a tough week of training. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. How's pre-season going? <laughs> Has anyone um, been burnt so far? <laughs> Um, not quite, but we've came in, come in a little bit different this year. Schedules changed up a bit, doing a little bit um, different content in some of our trainings, which has been really cool, though. Yeah, so what have you guys been getting up to? I know you're into week two of training now, so what's it kind of looked like so far? Yeah, so last week we started off, and we usually do start off the season with um, a camp in Hamnet, and we kind of, because Hamnet Springs are a sponsor of ours, so we got there, we do a little tip team building, admin stuff to start off the year so we get everybody on board of our values and a bit of fun and then yeah we've come back to Christchurch and had a few solid days of training um, on the bike and the pool on the court so yeah just mixing it up a bit. Did I see you guys walking up a massive hill carrying heavy logs? Yes so that was part of our um, pre-season camp in Hamna. It was it was called the Gut Buster so that that um, session was, yeah, carrying up a log up Conical Hill in Hamner. Then we came back down and did a fitness circuit out on the field, which was just pretty much as many rounds as you could in half an hour. And we're, we've been competing in mini teams, so everyone's time counts towards the average of your mini team when we're getting points. And then we finished with um, a pool swim as well. So, yeah, that was a tough one. <laughs> was it, has there been any shocks to the system for any of you you guys in terms of fitness, like coming straight back into it? Um, yes and no. I think we, it, we've expected pre-season to be tough. Um, but one of the things one of the girls, have, or, or actually all of us, have said is when we're doing these fitness challenges, in the past they haven't been challenges, so you kind of just do it. But now there's points up for grabs, so you're actually going as hard as you can go. Love that. And the point, I guess, as well at this point in the season, right, is just familiarising yourselves with each other and having those real team-building exercises because you guys do have quite a new-look team heading into the new season. Yeah, we've got a few new faces, actually. And I guess, yeah, like you said, just um, this side of Christmas, kind of, yeah, team-building, uh, getting to know everybody and, yeah, see what we can do with that when we come to the other side of Christmas. What do you think... Um, is beneficial about having a change in the team because there are a few players who have left, you've got a few incoming, um, and it has been for so long the tactics has been the same team. So what do you think is going to be beneficial about changing that up in 2023? Yeah, um, it was sad to see lots of the girls go that we've been playing with over the last, well, me, four or five years. But I guess, yeah, just having a change brings that unpredict unpredictability where people don't know 
what or how we work as a team. Um, just people bringing new skills and new way of playing their style of game. And I think once we like put everybody all together, I think it'll be a different look of how tactics will look compared to the past. And obviously one of those new people is Alia Dunn. I saw her arrive at the airport with all her suitcases and Cardin picked her up. So what's it like? I know she's already here. So what's it like having her in the group? And I guess how is she settling in? Yeah, I think she's settling really well. She's quite a character, actually. She might seem quite quiet, but she's got um, she's quite funny. Um, but yeah, obviously having her on the court is a big presence down there, taking in um, a big target and an accurate shooter. So we're excited to have it here. And obviously last year, well this year actually, you took over the leadership reins from Jane Watson who was out after having a bub and you did an awesome job, I'll add. Um, but how good is it to have her back because she's such a senior player and a real leader? Yeah, I think um, having Jane back is going to be awesome for the team. Um, yeah, like you said, good leadership skills, very um, big on the comms and presence on the court actually. Um, she hasn't quite made it back onto the court yet. She did have COVID a few weeks ago so still coming back but yeah once she's back in full strength um it'll be good for us and coming it's been um you guys have said it yourselves a really kind of up and down few seasons for the tactics getting to the great heights of the grand final a couple of years in a row and then just falling away a bit this year due to various different circumstances but what do you think is going to be the key moving forward to getting some consistency yeah i think that all starts um, now, getting to know each other, especially now that we've got um, a new group of players, firstly just building those connections really early and then just repeating repetition throughout trainings and just once we get to the season, we know exactly what our jobs are on the court and then we can do them consistently. So I guess, yeah, it's like you see consistency in our performances. But then also, if we do have one of those games where it doesn't go our way, know that that's not the end, like we can bounce back and just come back the next week. Yeah, and I was just thinking, you sort of touched on it before, but you'd have to be one of the most seasoned tactics now. How many seasons is this, well, well ne- will next season be in the red dress for you? Yeah, I'm coming into my sixth season, so I've been in Christchurch for coming up six years, which is crazy to think it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Um, yeah, it only feels like I just moved here. So, <laughs> What is it, I guess, then that... I guess a contract helps, but what is it that keeps you coming back, or what is it that you love about being a tactic? Um, I think the environment that we have here, um, lots of the girls when they first come in, they're like, oh, it's such a different environment. Um, The people are really nice. The training, um, one thing I really like about it is that we train all in the same place. We don't have to go somewhere for gym, somewhere for court. Like, it's all in one place. Um, The city, I like the city because it's similar to home, well, home back in Hooks, but it's not huge, but it's not small. Um, yeah, I'm just liking it down here. And you also had the Fast Five a few weeks ago now here in Christchurch. What was that like? It was such an epic weekend. Yeah, that was really fun, actually. Um, annoying that, like, the game can change so quickly. Like, we lost out a couple <laughs> of our pool plays on the last goal of the game, which if we had won those two or they didn't score those goals, we would have been in the final. So annoying, but, like, a really fun time, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, in that respect, the season doesn't really stop for someone like you. But I guess as well, what are your sort of goals moving forward? Because obviously there's the tactics, but there's a busy year with the Silver Ferns. I mean, what are your kind of overall goals in netball for the next sort of 12 months? Yeah, um, overall goals, firstly, just starting with um, performances with the tactics. I just want to put out consistent 
strong performances. Um, and then I guess from there, if I'm doing that, then hopefully some other things may come with the ferns. But yeah, I guess just actually getting back to enjoying consistent netball as well. Well, week, out, week in, week out, you give 100%, Kimmy. You're such a pleasure to watch. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch up with you soon. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's the local sports update brought to you by Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life. panel proudly sponsored by Malray Electric putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. Right well I'm looking forward to dissecting all things sport this morning with Otago cult hero and former Scotland international Brendan Laney and News Hub's Christchurch Bureau Chief Mike Thorpe. Nice to have you both with us this morning. I guess firstly um, Thorpey we'll start with you. What do you make of the world rugby coaches merry-go-round? I mean it's fascinating sort of soap opera drama at the moment, isn't it? And the one name, I guess, that we're all sort of wondering who's going to wind up where is where does Razor Robertson sort of fit into this? Uh, and he is being, I guess, linked by media to a number of jobs, England being one of them. Is that a possibility? We know he's in line for an All Blacks job at some stage. I think Aussies popped up uh, as, as being a possibility as well. So uh, it's fascinating stuff. Eddie Jones also is now going to go rogue, right? So having left the English job, where could he wind up? Could Aussie welcome him back into the, into the fold after the World Cup next year, maybe even before the World Cup next year? It's, it's been quite boring for a while, and now it's utterly fascinating. Uh, if, if we speculate a wee bit about where Robertson could go, the one thing for me is he's living in a very insulated sort of environment here in, uh, in New Zealand. And if he thinks he's under pressure here um, from certain factions, including the media, boy, would he be in for a rude awakening if he took up the English job. It would be pressure like he's never known and uh, uh, in scrutiny like he's never seen before. So fascinating few months ahead of us. Yeah, and Brendan, I guess that leads me to my next question, is that Razor is someone who's had so much success here in New Zealand and very rarely have things gone wrong. But that that international level is a whole other beast, isn't it? How do you think he would go in that right. sort of environment? Well, look, at the end of the day, you're right. Um, you know, Razor's only really been coaching in New Zealand, but look, at the end of the day, his record stands for itself. You know, you don't, you don't get seven championships without doing something right. Um, I think we also have to look at what he's done with the Crusaders, like... He hasn't just had the same team over that period of time. He's, yes, it's been the core, but look at the guys he's brought in and have gone on to be All Blacks and and, uh, and perform for him, and, and young guys who have really performed for him as well. So I, I think wherever he, he did go, um, be it Aussie, be it Scotland, or, or, or be it England, I think he would uh, drag those guys together 
and um, and they perform for him. So um, I, I honestly think it is the next step for for Rays. He's been around a while now. He wants to challenge himself, and um, I think the interesting thing is is what it, what it's made the New Zealand rugby have to do. They've had to actually look at their coaches and the way they select their coaches, because usually they've done it after the after a World Cup or or. You know, they've, they've waited and had people actually apply. Well, they're in a different position at the moment because of the way the rest of the world has gone. So, look, I, I think it's actually really interesting and, and I think it's forced New Zealand rugby's hand, um, which is actually a really good thing because they need it to be forced a bit. Yeah, do you think we can, just and on that, Brendan, do you think we can read into the fact he was named National Men's Coach of the Year at the Rugby Awards or do you think that was just a given? Oh, look! At the end of the day, I think I think there's uh, there was definitely some other guys that probably could have got that award as well. We're very uh, we're very lucky in New Zealand rugby. We've got some pretty good uh, talent, haven't we, when it comes to coaches? But um, look, Ray's record, like I said, stands for itself, and he deserved that deserved that accolade. And um, look, I don't think that really had much to do whether he was going to be uh, sticking around or not. So it's just cool to see him. Uh, have an opportunity at that, hopefully international level now, whether that's with the All Blacks or with uh, with maybe another country. Um, I know Scotland with Gregor Townsend, he's uh, he's coming off his contract as well. So there's opportunities elsewhere. So um, well, I think the, the interesting part, like I said, is that New Zealand rugby is going to have to do something sooner rather than later. And um, and it's probably forced their hand a bit, which is uh, which is uh, really I, I think it's been yeah quite intriguing. Yeah, Thorpe Warren Gatlin's uh, comments wouldn't have helped that cause for New Zealand rugby. That's for sure. He couldn't help but leave a bit of a parting barb to them uh, in the form of endorsing Razor mm-hmm. earlier in the week. I guess you you said soap opera soap opera before, and I agree with you. But what did you kind of make of those comments? I just thought it was the truth. You know, I, I thought it was a, a great press conference for the fact that, and, and Gatlin's not necessarily known for mincing his words anyway, but he just came out and said what everyone thought or had been thinking for the last 12, 18, 24 months. Um, it was refreshing just to hear him speak honestly. You, you couldn't argue against anything he said. And, and what the way he spoke is a total contrast to the way Mark Robinson speaks, you know, who's almost come out of the John Mitchell school of how to say nothing at all, you know. And um, so so just to, to, to hear Gatlin be um, refreshingly honest, I was like, well, this has been missing for, for way too long. And he was right. He was absolutely bang on the money. If there's one guy who's knocking the door down saying, give me the job, it's him. And he has been for some time. Not only does he have the record, as Brendan um, spoke about before, but man, has he got a public backing like I can't remember a coach, maybe Graham Henry at a push, who had the same sort of public support that, that Razor would have getting the top job here. Razor's also said this week, Thorpey, that he wants to stay with the Crusaders. And I genuinely feel like I believe that. And But there has been a lot of chat about it. Well, he would say that, but if a job comes up, do you agree that he genuinely would want to stay here till? Well, he wants the All Blacks job, doesn't he? So the Crusaders' line is actually accurate. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's pretty good at playing these games, isn't he? Um, anyone mm. who's been to a Crusaders <laughs> training knows that there's plenty of games played, uh, especially by, by Razor. Um, look, I think if, uh, he's in a good position because he's in a job that he loves and he's in a job that he's very, very good at. 
Uh, so it's going to need to be a really good offer for him to leave that. I agree with what Brendan was saying before, you know, like he, he needs to get to that next step for his own uh, career as well to, to test himself at the next level. Um, but it needs to be the right one for him. Whether or not, as I said earlier, whether or not a job like England would be the right job for him, I don't know. I think it might be a step too far out of his comfort zone. But, um, yeah, I agree. If he's if he's not getting something that, that that's going to rock his socks to go to, then why wouldn't he leave? To, uh, why wouldn't he stay at the Crusaders, a, a team that he's built up from uh, uh, from a position of being an underachiever back to being the dominant force of the, the Pacific? Brendan, what's your gut telling you? Do you think Razor's going to get this All Blacks job here in New Zealand, or do you think he'll be the the greatest one that ever got away? Well, it's that's probably the biggest question, isn't it? Um, yeah. Look, I personally think he probably should get the job. Um, look, he's he's Razor's a bloody good fella. I've been lucky enough to play in a couple of teams with him. He's a genuine good rooster. Um, and, and the players want to play for him. Does he fit into the all-black coaches' mould that we've had previously and many years before? No, he doesn't. But maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what the all-blacks need. Um, rugby's moved. Um, but in saying that, there's a couple of other guys uh, play, coaching in Japan that uh, put their hand up and are pretty interested in the coaching job and, and, and have been in that conversation with Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown, who are a reasonably successful team together as a coaching unit. So um, do they come into the conversation when it comes to the All Blacks? Um, I'm sure they're talking to them in some way or form. Um, so I don't think it's a given for Razor. I really don't. And, and that's probably what makes it quite intriguing at the moment is, is there is no definitive, yes, he's definitely going to get it. Um, that's why it's been so interesting to sit back and listen to some of the people talk about it like we are now. So, uh, look, I, I, I think Razor's um, certainly made his, uh, his, his thoughts um, heard. He's told everyone what he wants to do. He wants to stay here in Coast of Crusaders. He wants to be the All Black, next All Black coach. And, and like Thorpe said, you've got, to, you've got to admire him for that. So, um, and, and Gatlin's... You know, put his hand up and said, look, he's, he should be the next All Black coach. And on record, on the record he's got, he probably should be. So um, it's going to be an interesting sort of month or so to see what New Zealand rugby does do. Yeah, you're so right. It's such a tough one to call. And I mean, there's been so many comments like we're making now, but that's part of this merry-go-round. And I guess, Thorpey, just lastly on this um, with Razor, from a journalist's perspective and also just from a fan's perspective, what would the fallout be, or how bad do you think it'll be, should Razor not get this job? I think it would be, I think it would be massively detrimental to New Zealand rugby, um, because they seem to be able to um, uh, uh, fail in, 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 in positions like this. It's, the, the biggest boost that New Zealand rugby's had over the last two years uh, in an up-and-down season for the All Blacks has absolutely been the Black Ferns. So they're, they're now riding on the crest of a wave and they need to seize the next opportunity to keep the public coming with them. And I think if they if they went in a, another direction, and dare I say it, in a safer direction um, than, than Scott Robertson, then I think they risk kind of losing that, that support. And that's important. 
because that's bums on seats, that's filling stadiums, and that's buying Sky subscriptions, um, you know, all of which adds to, adds, adds to their revenue and their income. So uh, I, I think they need to make the right decision, and um, I know they'll make all the noises about uh, going through the processes, et cetera, et cetera, but uh, public support is such a big thing. Um, and when you're not winning as a right, as we uh, as we haven't been over the past two years, um, I think they need need to do the right thing and and make sure that um, that they've got that public support. Mm. Accurate. Hey, uh, Brendan, how come you're not on the coaching list for the Highlanders? They've got Nasi Manu and Ben Smith. You're the only cult hero missing now. To be fair, mate, they rung up and asked if I'd look after the boys when the lights went out. So. Uh... <laughs> That's, uh, that's when I come into mine. Um, and unfortunately, they don't want the boys out after dark. So, uh, yeah, I missed out on their job. But, um, you know, look, it's great that they've got those two guys back involved. Um, they're both fantastic men and they're good Highlanders men. And they led that team to a fantastic win in 2015. So uh, I think it's great for the Highlanders and great for the environment. And um, I'll tell you what, if they wanted me to go down and wash the rugby balls, I'll be down there too. Don't worry, I love it. <laughs> Thorpe, you'll love this one too. Warriors return to Christchurch for their last preseason hit out on the 19th of Feb uh, next year against the Melbourne Storm afternoon game at Orange Theory. Thoughts, feels, opinions? Honestly, if Auckland feels like they've had a dearth of rugby league over the last few years with the Warriors being based in, in Aussie, spare a thought for us. You know, like, <laughs> when was the last time they were here? In fact, I think I know the answer. Was it Penrith about. Four years ago, I remember going there with my boys. You know, I think um, it was Manly. Was it Manly? I think so. Yeah, well, there you go. It was too long ago to remember. Uh, will you be going? We've been, we've been starved. I will absolutely go. Love the league. Love the league, even if it is the Warriors. <laughs> Come on, Thorpe. Hey, once a fan, you're always a fan, aren't you? I know, and that's the hard part about it, right? You know, they're, they're like a, a habit that you just can't kick. Every single season when we kick off again, I'm back in, um, only to be disappointed by about round eight. But, uh, yeah, absolutely, I'll be there. We've got them pre-season. We don't have to get to season eight, so that uh, round eight. So that'll be brilliant. And also, thought, uh, Paki- uh Black Caps leave to Pakistan very soon. What's your thoughts on that tour going ahead, sending our team over there over Christmas? You know, it's just impossible to argue against it now that England have gone there and done it, right? So beforehand, I, I'd take the point, but England now have uh, have set the precedent. And what a first test that was, England versus Pakistan. An absolute dreadful pitch in Rawalpindi. And, uh, and, and Basball, I know he hates that term, um, absolutely came to the party. So uh, I tell you what, we are overdue to go there, and and it couldn't be a worse time really to go because the the expectations are, are so high. But um, great to see them return, to be honest, and and I hope they enjoy it. Brendan, are you a cricket man? Yeah, I really enjoy watching the cricket, and and look, I suppose that's international cricket too, isn't it? They, uh, the boys tend to travel a lot around that time of year, and and but what a place to go and test yourself and a. In a, in a pretty hostile environment like that, so I think it's uh, I think it's pretty cool. And, and look, at the end of the day, the guys themselves will be keen to get over there and put a good performance in too. So, looking forward to watching a bit of it. 
yeah, I had to laugh because obviously um, with Brendan McCullum taking over at England, like what a Kiwi coach can do with England, hey? <laughs> well, there you go. Rose, he's, he's set the presidents, hasn't he? So Bez uh, has <laughs> set the bar high and Rose is going to have to stump up. And just in, to go a bit full circle on this one for you, Brendan, with Eddie Jones, what do you see next for him? I was meant to ask you about six questions ago, but what do you see next for the rogue man? Oh, look, I think he's sitting quite nicely. He's just been paid out $1.3 million. Um, he'll be sitting back at Christmas time sucking on a beer, being very, very happy. Um, I don't think he'd be too concerned that he's lost the England job. Um, and for me, I think someone, some international side will pick him up because he has got one hell of a record when it comes to World Cups and performances at World Cups. Um, the only thing that's probably counted against Eddie is he, he tends to get to that three to four year sort of cycle and the players start getting sick of him, uh, the way he performs because um, he's a pretty intense man. But you can't fold his record when it comes to World Cups and he's had some big results for, for a lot of teams. Australia, 2007 with South Africa. He's done it with the All, against the All Blacks with England in 2019. So... You, can, you, can't, you can't fault the men's uh, record when it comes to World Cups. And I'll tell you what, if I was a, a, a team that's uh, nearing the, the top of the well, this World Cup's going to be so close, isn't it? Um, I would certainly be looking at maybe getting him involved in some form. And, uh, and, I'd, and if I was Eddie Jones, I'd be sitting back at Christmas time being very comfortable with where I'm sitting. He's got choices, I would say. And that's, uh, from Eddie's point of view, he'd be pretty excited about that. Yeah, well, Brendan and Thorpe, I've really enjoyed talking to you both this morning. Thank you so much. I hope you're both sucking back a couple of beers at Christmas time too. Thank you so much for that. That was the panel proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. Thanks again, guys. Have a fab weekend. Cheers, guys. Yeah, mate. And that's it for the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner this week. I've been your host, Jordan Oppert, filling in for Frankie. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week.